Hi there guys and welcome to today's live stream. We're going to be talking about cholesterol, going through a bit of the research uh, on it and also sort of three things that you guys can look into after this video uh, to really help improve your levels from home and just some sort of prompts for future research for yourself to really make some changes if you're concerned about your cholesterol levels uh, and want to, want to make a change. Uh, if you're new to the channel, we go live every single weekday and we're starting to do a few topics once a week also on something that's a little bit different from our usual back pain topics at the request of our members. So if you've got any questions, make sure that you subscribe to the channel, uh, hit the notification bell so you know when we're going live and that way you don't miss out on any of the content and you know what live streams are coming up each week. And remember, today's no different. We're going to go through Q&A at the end of the live stream. So if you've got any questions about today's topic, about some of the research, or about your back pain, your neck pain, etc. then please do post those as well. We'll get to those at the end of the main topic and hopefully answer some questions to give you guys some real value uh, at the end of this live stream. So uh, for today's live stream, we wanna just start off just with a quick disclaimer. We, we do these sort of additional topics as kind of brief overviews of, we did obviously the diabetes one the other week, doing cholesterol today, and we're not trying to sort of uh, diagnose your conditions and obviously you should do your own research with, uh, with, with all of these things, but they're more of a talking point. And if you're in our premium back in shape membership area, then these are particularly for you. If you find some of what we've said interesting and, interesting and wanna learn more and want us to go into more detail in the membership about these particular topics, then please do comment and use them as a trigger, ask questions, that's how we all learn and today much like diabetes it, it, it's a topic of contention there's lots of conflicting uh, research or research that can confuse the individual who's reading that research uh, and we'll start off with one of the first points uh, in a moment which just kind of highlights the, the truth of all of this and the one final sort of disclaimer if you will before we go into this from the research point of view, if you have severe high levels of cholesterol and heart disease, this is not really for you. You may find it interesting, um, but the, the need for pharmaceutical intervention is likely to be uh, there, and you definitely need to be consulting whoever's observing you from a, from a physician or GP point of view to see if some of these things can help you as well. A lot of it, it comes down to common sense. So we'll get straight into the stuff on the board today and really go from there. And if you've got any questions as we go along, please do ask because we can't cover all of these things and all of the various facets and nuances in one video. It's there for sort of those bite points to raise awareness, give you guys that information, and then we can go from there. So the first thing I wanted to make you aware of is, is more or less all of the dietary research um, that's out there is generally correlatory. There is absolutely no way, especially in human beings, that it is possible for them, for them to control for all these sorts of variables. So, so different people will respond in different ways. And something that we practice personally, and that I definitely recommend you to do, and there is no argument against this whatsoever, um, and I challenge anyone to put an argument, is if you're gonna make any of these changes, if you say, do you know what, my cholesterol's a little bit high, my diabetes, uh, my sugars levels were a little bit high in the last live stream, then go and get a blood test. There's plenty of companies now online that do these sorts of blood tests. It's something that I get done once a year. Lara gets done as well. And I'd encourage you guys to do this because that way you can then employ some of these changes and then measure again to see how it works because there are also uh, individual differences in terms of how they respond to some of these measures and some of these recommendations from a dietary and a lifestyle point of view. And the best way to figure out what's working for you is to get your bloods taken 
reevaluate. And to be completely honest with you guys, I hate getting my blood taken. Each time I get it done, I pass out. The last time I went to the hot, to the to the doctors on Harley Street to get the blood taken, I woke up, my feet were in the air with three nurses around me. So I, I take this stuff seriously. I hate it so much, but you get it done because it's important and it's your general health. So please do try and do it in spite of being maybe a little bit concerned about the process of getting your blood taken. Uh, it, it, I think it's really important for all of us to know what our body is doing and how it's working. So the first one I wanted to cover, and we are, we're we're gonna link to all the research articles that we've covered in the description. It won't be up right now, but uh, over the next sort of half an hour after the video, hour after the video, that'll all be there for you guys so you can have a look um, yourselves. First one was um, a large meta-analysis, and basically their conclusion was that there is, it's not possible from the research, this was over 30 studies, it's not possible for them to make an unequivocal statement on whether a high fat diet or a low fat diet is going to be more or less effective one than the other. So it's important to bear that in mind. There is a little bit of conflicting information in the research and that partially is due to the quality of the studies, et cetera, et cetera. But in a lot of these things, there's not a clear cut. For example, if I let go of this, it will fall. There's no, there's no question about that. It's a fact. Gravity is a fact. These things are a little bit more nuanced and there is a bit of conflicting research. So want to get that, that underway. Now, the, the person that this is perfect for is maybe if you've been to the, the doctors, you've had a blood test and they've said, oh, um, the levels are high, but they're not high enough to get medication. And I had someone that I knew uh, personally who had this experience at the doctors. They went there and said, oh, you've got high levels. Um, one of them was, oh, let's just see how it goes. Come back in a little while. Knowing that this person does not exercise, they're overweight, they do not have uh, the best diet. So those three things are very important. And as you left it, the other instance, they went to the doctors and said, the levels are a little bit high. They're not high enough to consider uh, or to have the medication, but take the statins anyway. Now, the, the statins, I'm not going to get into those. We can get into statins specifically and some of the, some of the issues around those uh, at a later date, uh, particularly with regards to muscle aches and pains when we're thinking of back pain. Um, but the, the, my, my critique here is more the fact that your doctor doesn't have the time, unfortunately, to have these nuanced conversations. And that's why we work so well from a point of view of back pain, because we are in that, in that clinic seeing that person. We've got the time to explore all the nuanced uh, details in their past. And your GP doesn't necessarily have the time to do that in that five to 10 minute appointment. But I was upset rather that the fact that they didn't talk about any of these things that are glaringly obvious, the lack of exercise, diet, etc. So we really want to consider there are things that we can do. And we'll see this in the research in a moment. So the first one was that the, the, the dietary changes in the subject group showed significant improvements in the overall cholesterol levels they dropped. But also more important, that there was a striking benefit on mortality rates too. So it shows that there is an option for you to influence your cholesterol levels, maybe your slightly elevated levels or imbalanced HDL, LDL levels and triglycerides. There is possibility for you to influence that with diet. And therefore, why not? This is what we want to ask you guys. Why not be consistent in changing a diet? Because it can help. Is it going to completely change your cholesterol levels in isolation? Perhaps not. But these guys are showing that there's some interesting results. And statistically, in the concept of that particular study, they're lowering those cholesterol levels and lowering long-term mortality as well. So that's a really, really important one. Diet. Yes, we can do something there to influence our cholesterol levels. The next one 
was talking specifically about a ketogenic diet. Now we discussed uh, last time, or touched briefly on this, and I'm not gonna go into this on too much detail, but we can in, in future, future uh, videos if you guys would find it helpful. Is the ketogenic diet. Ketogenic diet is a higher fat diet. And in this particular study, the participants were on this very low carbohydrate. So thinking, we mentioned this last time with the diabetes, ketogenic diet, very low carbs. They were on this for 56 weeks and they were looking at the safety of that diet. Is it safe to be on a low carb diet for extended periods? Well, if we've got diabetes at the same time, then that's very interesting because if we, if we aren't getting the carbs, it's going to be difficult to have high blood sugar levels. So that's that's one thing first and foremost. Um, but also, how did the high fat diet influence their cholesterol levels? And again, we're talking about over a long period of time, lowering their cholesterol levels as well as the BMI with a ketogenic style diet. Now, that's not lots of burgers and things, but it's a proper diet. Ketogenic diet, you guys can look up, look, look this up and there will be a lot of information online from in both research and anecdote uh, about the ketogenic diet. And it is another option which maybe runs counter to the grain. And this is really what I wanted to pick up at the start of this video, talking about the confusion. And one article which we, I think I linked to, I can't remember if I did or not, um, but in the description, uh, but it was talking about the historical nuanced context behind what many of you guys that have that are maybe um, you know have been around a little bit longer, uh, and you've been through sort of the 50s, 60s, 70s, etc., and all of those and, and 80s and 90s, where we're constantly on this war on low-fat diets, high, high, you know, all these low-fat alternatives, low-fat yogurt, this, that, the other, and and it was really highlighting the severe confusion in the mind of the the adult population, being told one thing for so long and then a different thing, and. Many of you guys will think, well, I've been told to have low-fat XYZ for many, many years, and now for the last couple of years, I'm starting to hear all these keto diets with high fat. What on earth is going on? And it's very, very confusing for you as an individual. So that's partially why we do these live streams, because there's been such misinformation. And just bear in mind the general message. At one point, your doctor smoked camels. Just bear that in mind for a moment, because not necessarily the current information is necessarily good for your health. This was the point of the tobacco companies uh, way back when advertising the fact that your doctor would endorse and smoke these particular brand of cigarettes as if mm. it was good for your health and well-being. Lara took a, bit, a little bit longer to get that one in particular, but my point there is that it, the, the scientific research is an ever-changing landscape and which is confusing, but just bear in mind that we do want to look a bit, a little bit deeper at some of these things, and that's why we're trying to do that for you and help you guys, but some of this may run counter to the things that you've heard in the past, uh, just as the smoking example there, um, that fat diets can have an impact on your cholesterol, which may really run counter to, to what you've known before. Now, the last point I wanted to get into before we sort of wrap this up and go into Q&A was the presence of physical exercise. And I've touched on this before with regards to the rehabilitation process. And the really interesting thing about this is it's talking about low-grade aerobic exercise. So walking, which is one of the classic ones that people do to stay fit as we get older. And, and you'll know our stance on this if you've watched any of our live streams. And this is why we recommend those phase three exercises in Back in Shape as a really good lifestyle choice, a, li a, a way of keeping fit and healthy. Because the low-grade aerobic exercise just doesn't have the same impact as the slightly higher intensity resistance and aerobic exercises do on lowering your uh, cholesterol levels. Slightly more intense physical exercise has a much better impact on lowering your cholesterol levels. High, higher intensity seems to be the best. 
um, resistance training can really have an impact too. And we're working at 50 to 85% of our one rep max. Now, many of you guys won't be doing one rep max, etc., but you'll be looking at around about 15 rep ranges. We need to be exerting ourselves physically during these exercises. And obviously in those phase one and phase two, if you're in our back in shape membership site, you need to be a little bit more cautious. But once we get into that phase three, we really are talking about exercising for health and well-being to really build up that strength and stability in our body. And this is going to have a positive impact on our cholesterol levels. And that is very, very important. So we've now got three options for you guys to really help you with your cholesterol levels. Resolve to improve your diet, number one, because that can impact things. If you've been told by your doctor or you've, you've, you've had some tests in the past, said, oh, they're a little bit high, maybe we need to be watching these a little bit more closely, change your diet. You should, do, you should have already been told this, but now you have. The second one is consider the benefits of a ketogenic diet. From personal experience, I really like them. They're a little bit more flexible than some other methods. Or you've got the Mediterranean diet, which was also recommended in this study up here. Very, very important. And then the third one is that physical exercise. Well, if you're if you're watching this, there's a good chance you're part of our Back in Shape membership site, and then you'll be doing the physical exercise there to help you back anyway. And it's important that when we get into that phase three, we've got that habit of doing those exercises on a daily basis and make sure we're always talking about building the intensity over time to make sure we are working hard enough to elicit change in our body. And those three things are really gonna help you overall. This is so important for you if you've been told you're in a you're in a point where you might need to start taking these sorts of statins etc but they're going to leave it you've got control over your own body there's lots of things that you can do and individually there's benefits in a combined way i didn't manage to get anything that combined these different aspects together but they help it's worthwhile it costs you nothing to do some of these exercises it costs you nothing to change your lifestyle and your diet and that can seriously improve your health and well-being and that's really what we want to do for you guys again striking mortality benefits in this last one it's better to have a healthy diet it's better to do proper physical exercise you guys probably already know this you knew it anyway so it's not new information it's just reminding you of the old information that you probably intrinsically know anyway and just remember a little bit more intense with that exercise is more important than just walking. Those 10,000 steps a day that have been publicized maybe over the last five to 10 years, that's important, but we need to get some more exertional exercise and that will have a massive impact for you, both cardiovascular, blood sugar levels, general fitness, health, uh, health of your lungs, so many benefits. It'll also help your back pain as well. So with that, we can get into Q&A um, and I'll switch the mic over. Awesome. Good morning, everybody. Um, while, you, while you were talking, I was just wondering whether... Mike's already switched. Oh, great. Uh, whether there, was, there is a graph out there which maybe shows um, when low-fat uh, guidelines were set in place and what happened to either cholesterol levels or just sort of obesity levels or, or heart yeah. health. I just wonder. So I'll, I'll have a look for that while yeah, I ask you a couple of questions. Um, right, I'll go into Facebook. Um Kate has said the confusion comes when the GP says cholesterol is high but no concern as a lifestyle diet etc is good uh, it's good uh, it's because good cholesterol is good um, how is it divided as such this is a bit confusing yeah I think if they're saying your cholesterol I, I think they need that's more a failure of the GP's communication skills uh, more than anything else I think there uh, the, the thing to bear in mind and I didn't necessarily uh, plan on getting into too much of the science, but people have, have really had cholesterol demonized. The one thing that people fail to understand is, is it's not necessarily cholesterol. And we can go into this in more detail. The presence of cholesterol 
is correlated with the presence of something else that is bad. And that is what they're looking at when they talk about these cholesterols. There's more behind the information. There's high cholesterol. If we could snap our fingers and take the cholesterol out of your body right now, you would fall apart because cholesterol, basically, you've got, um, without boring you with a science lesson, um, every single, every single one of your cells requires cholesterol because it's like the mortar in bricks. You've got the membrane of your cells, which is incidentally a fat. It's called a phospholipid bilayer. Okay, and these are fatty acids. And then you have these cholesterol molecules that are in there, which actually hold the cell together. So you do need cholesterol. It's just that it can be very confusing when, when you go into the GP and they're talking about lots of different things. Um, I generally look at, look at these points, these diet and lifestyle points. If you've got them on check, get your blood test done regularly. Get your personal numbers. Um, we use a company called Medichecks here in, the, in, in London. Uh, I can't remember how much it costs, uh, but they have sales on from time to time. I think, I think it really um, varies anything between that 100 pounds. Yeah, I mean, you can get a simple test for 25 quid yeah. on, for certain things and, and, and others. You can get, we get a, a more comprehensive test looking at lots of different things, stress hormone, et cetera. But the, the, the annoying thing is with doctors say, oh, your measurements are okay. Do you remember that, that person, Reno, he even said, who's a, who's, a, who's a GP now, he says, you will get a range. And oh, you, yes. need to, you need to bear this in mind, okay? Because if you understand this, um, the best question to ask your ask your point, doctor is would you recommend your mother have this because the gps they're seeing people all day and, and and us as well with patients in the clinic you get you get emotionally attached to your patient if you're not careful because you want them to do well you want them to be healthy and and for those guys if they're seeing that many people that are coming in you know there needs to be a certain barrier for them to function effectively and if this is the normal range and this is out of range, so this is where you'd start being diagnosed with uh, being given medications. Here might be the optimum, but they don't use optimums. And here might be where they have that conversation with you. Now you might come in around about here. Okay, it would help if I used a colored pen that you can actually see on the board. That would be a good idea, wouldn't it, Mike? Okay, so here might be where you come in. Now, if that person's mother came in with that, they would say, do you know what, mum, sort this out. We need to get you doing this, this, and this. Let's get those numbers up. We need to sort out your you know, X, Y, Z, uh, diet, lifestyle, et cetera, to get these numbers up. But because you come in and they're just running with, to a certain degree, tick boxes, and not all GPs are like this. It's important to bear that in mind, but they have to operate to these criteria because of, for medical legal reasons, et cetera. They'll just say exactly what you've said, Kate. You know, it's, it's, it's okay at the moment, but it's, you know, whatever. It would... They will not say anything unless you fall in here. But if you were here and you fall into here, that's a big difference. And therefore, that's why I always say to patients, take charge of your own health. Get your own blood test done or get the data so you can see. And you might see that over time, this is actually going up. Maybe it's here, here and here as you go through time. Or you might see that actually this figure, and I'm just making up a random figure on a random chart, you may have been here six months ago and here five months ago and here now when you have the test right below the bottom marker and you can see where this is going that that trend is going down but because it's a snapshot of one time they don't know that in another few months you're going to be down here uh, at, in the bad range and therefore they won't necessarily recommend the appropriate things to change things and sit down with you and say hey okay, we think we've got some good diet things here. We think we've got some good health things here. Maybe we could tweak things a little bit more. That's quite important. A lot of times you don't know what you don't know. And the amount of times I get patients come in and say, oh, well, I, I have a good diet. 
or I have a good, good, good exercise or, or whatever it may be. And then we actually say, okay, what's a good diet for you? What exactly are you having? What exactly are you eating? And then you may go, okay, well, maybe if we change those things and switch them out for these other things, uh, the biggest, most stark example for a lot of people, and many of you guys, and I know, I know actually, Kate, we discussed this before, is protein intake. And I've had this with a number of people over the years, and, and more recently, a number of you guys in the back in shape. Do you get enough protein? Yeah, I eat fish, I eat, I eat meat, I have some of this, that, the other day. Okay, measure it. Actually sit down and measure it. How much goes into your body on a daily basis? You measure it and you go, whoa, okay, I was supposed to be here and I'm only down here. So, so a little bit more of a conversation, ideally guided by a GP, but that's more difficult because of their time. And that's why we're trying to do these live streams to help give you guys that extra bit of guidance. So, um, yeah, hope that helps, Kate. <laughs> yeah, Faye said that she likes the science lesson parts. Oh, Me okay. Too. Awesome. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Kate said, uh, it's the H, uh, HDL. HDL levels. is high density. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me just go back. You said, Ollie, Ollie has said, uh, what exactly is cholesterol doing in the body? He's kind of covered, yeah, that, covered that one there. Yep. Does, does quite a lot. Um, Karen has asked, are there some easy food replacements where you can re replace some carbs with fats instead? Will you feel, feel tired all the time giving up carbs? No, um, I mean, so that that's a really good example of, of, of exactly what I just discussed about this misconceptions in, in the general work, uh, the general sort of lifestyle. For every, so for every, um, uh, oh, I forget this, for every one gram of carbohydrate, you get four calories of energy. And for every one gram of fat, you get eight. So this, the notion that you would be lower energy by having less carbs and more fats is completely nonsensical. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't hold water when you step back and evaluate it. Um, fats are much, much easier to metabolize. If we're working in an aerobic environment, fats are the primary source of energy uh, in most of our body. We break down fats primarily because it's really, really efficient. And at lower intensities, sort of the, the ambling around on a daily basis, even low levels of cardiovascular exercise, we are going to be burning fats rather than carbohydrates. Um, if we get into sort of ketones and those sorts of things, that's a little bit more complex, but fats are a much, much, much more efficient source of energy than carbohydrate. So the misconception that you will be low energy is, is just false. Um, we recommended, I think on the diabetes live stream, uh, that that breakfast, it's a balanced breakfast. It's a little bit higher in carbs. We had the, uh, the small slice of good quality toast. Quality is important. And that's another thing to note. The quality of the food that you are eating is of primary importance first. Uh, and then we start looking at those ma macronutrients, fats, carbs, etc., together. Um, but the good quality, small, very small slice of toast with uh, one or two boiled poached eggs with maybe half an avocado, one avocado with possibly some salmon as well. A little bit of cayenne pepper on the top. That's a perfect way to start your day. You've got the fats, the good quality fats in the avocado. We've got some fats and proteins in the eggs as well. We've got high levels of vitamins in the yolk, not the white of the egg, um, as well as fats and things in there. And that is going to help give you the nutrition that you need. It's also gonna give you that slow release of energy through the day. And I can't remember who it was. I have a feeling it might've been Alex um, in the membership site mentioned about having it and feeling, uh, you know, energy through the morning, more so than a, a different type of breakfast. So, yeah. Okay, brilliant. Um, right, I'll just go through a couple more. Joe has asked the question, have you found any research into the effectiveness of these products like 
Benacol uh, that claimed to reduce cholesterol. I haven't looked at that. I, I didn't come across either. Benacol, so unfortunately. Sorry. Because um, that is sold everywhere. That's in all, oh, the, all the shops. Um, I mean, it's like the, the little um, Actimel type. Oh, okay, okay. okay. I, I, I mean, generally, generally, guys, the there's lots of different products and things there, but you guys are going to the shops anyway. You're buying your weekly shop. Just shop, check out some of the rubbish, and add in some of these good quality foods, and and and, and you really start to notice a difference. You know, a lot of this we don't necessarily need fancy products and things like that. Um, there's some ketone drinks and things like that, and you can get those as an enhancement. But I think. We always need to build our health and well-being on a fundamental foundation, and it's no different to the Back in Shape program. We get you to do that simplistic vacuum core engagement exercise because if we cannot get the foundations right, adding on all the fancy stuff of wiggling around and, and doing all sorts of flamboyant movements in the phase two and phase three, uh, if we cannot do that, do that basics right, then there's no point adding in. And, and it takes it to, I take it back to this cholesterol topic and dietary side of things. If we cannot get a base foundation of good daily habits with regards to our food and our general intake, there's no point going for these extra, you know, little drink here and a little pill here and a little, even the supplements, they are supplements to a good diet, not combatters of a bad diet. And we need to bear that in mind. Yeah. Um, okay, brilliant. Uh, Veronica has asked here, what is the difference between good and bad cholesterol? Um, I was told that my good cholesterol was fairly high. That's fantastic. I think I think what they're referring to, and it does vary, is going to be the more so the HDLs and LDLs. Yeah. Which, you know, yeah, that that's basically what they're referring to. I think the HDLs they prevent um, like plaque buildup in the arteries, yeah. whereas the LDLs. That is that less, is what begins good. to build yeah. up in your arteries. But then you all, but you but then there's also the other the other argument in the research. And I haven't got papers to to, to talk about this right now. Um, but it's the sugar that's actually damaging the arteries. So basically, what's happening, uh, and, and and we can go into this in more detail if you guys like. Is you've got because um, the problem with sugar in your body is it messes up concentration gradients. So it means that you mess up the permeability, the way in which things are trying to move in and out of the, the artery walls. So we've got an artery wall and you kind of imagine you've got the sugar, which it should be nice and smooth here, but it's the sugar that goes along and starts messing up the artery walls and damaging the, what's called an epithelial lining. It's, it's thin, smooth cells. It damages the artery wall. And, and then you get the fats that come along and then they hit here and they don't just slide along like they should. You actually, there's a, there's a lot of research uh, about um, talking about the benefits of fats in your diet. It is lubrication. What do you do when you want to get pipes working better? You have lubrication. But if you've got dodgy pipes, if the pipes have been damaged, that lubrication is going to build up in certain points. And that potentially is, is maybe worth going into a little bit more detail, getting a couple of papers and touching on that a little bit more in a, in a future live stream. Um, that might really be worthwhile. But it's the it, it, you need to look a little bit more at what's causing the damage in the artery before the plaque, the, before the, uh, the, the fats actually hit it and start clogging up because then they do get a problem. But if you've got a nice healthy circulatory system, the fats are just going to slide around there, no trouble. Yeah, I think it's the in, same, in layman's it's terms. The same with your skin, isn't it? The reason why your yeah. skin is sort of silky is the is the cholesterol. Yeah, it's, it's good quality tissue. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. We need I, fats. As um, I said, they're the most efficient source of energy. If anybody has any other questions, please do pop them in. And I just wanted to say about the keto diet. Yeah. Um, from what I see of it on Instagram now, it is really becoming very like meat heavy, eggs heavy. You just do want to make sure that you are getting your salads in and your vegetables. And vegetables and I know that yeah. vegetables do have a little bit of carbs. So you are allowed some carbs on the keto, but just having a balanced diet, yeah. I think is really important to convey to everybody. Yeah, and, and I think 
at the risk of um, maybe giving you guys a little bit more confusion on there, you know, so if you do go on, do a little bit of Googling, you'll find there's the, the keto diet and there's people that are very much for that. And then there's the balanced diet and there's people that are very much for that. And then there's the Mediterranean diet and there's people that are very much for And then some of you guys might or might not. There's the carnivore diet and then there's the vegan diet. And all of these different dietary options have research behind them. They have people that quote specific research. For example, the carnivore diet base, they will literally only eat meat. Uh, they also eat bone broths and things like that to get their vitamins. But there's research out there that shows that the that certain ingredients in plants, the endogenous toxins in plants that we call antioxidants, they block absorption of certain nutrients, which basically means that we need more of them in our RDA. And when you're having a meat-based diet, you don't need as much of those nutrients because you absorb them better. I think thymine was an example of one that is interfered, its absorption is interfered with when we're having plant-based diets. And when you have meat only, you absorb a lot more of it, therefore your RDAs are adjusted. So there's lots of different diets. The point I'm getting at here is there's lots of different diets with research that backs them. There are some crazy things out there as well, so do bear that in mind. There's lots of different diets with research that backs them. And this comes back to this full circle to the start of this live stream. There's lots of conflicting research and it's what works for you. Some people will go on a vegan diet and prosper. They will flourish. Their body will love it. They look healthy. Other people will go on a vegan diet and they go gray. They mm. don't heal very well. They have serious, serious problems with that kind of diet. So that's again why we need to recognize, to, to, to be frank, the most important, the important person that you need to study is your body. And that's where I'm a firm advocate of getting your blood tests taken, make a dietary change for a period of time, a good few months, and then reevaluate. You know, if, if it's possible to do that from a financial point of view, I would highly recommend you do look into that because it's the best way of taking care of your own health and well-being. And the nice thing about getting regular blood tests is you can see things before they become a problem. You can see, you know, a lot of people are going to have high levels of stress hormone that have been building up over the last three months for obvious reasons. Stress hormone is associated with all sorts of problems from weight gain to poor immune function. You know, we need immune system right now of all times, especially going into the winter. So understanding your own body through objective tests is the best way. Following a study that has, you know, that, that that's really what I get what I want to get get across to you guys. Um just just following on from I said that I would look for a graph. I have looked for a graph. Yeah. I mean bear in mind I I only did a quick uh, Google search. Um but I've got a graph here that shows the trends of um overweight obesity and extreme obesity amongst adults aged 20 to 74 years old in the United States from 1960 to uh, to 2008. That graph goes up uh you know, is quite, it percentage or number? It, it is a percentage. So yeah. when so it was about 15, 13%, I'd say, when the low-fat dietary guidelines were issued in about 1980s. So 13% and then it, in 1980. And then it's gone up then into... low-fat diets, low-fat diet... It was issued around issued. 1980. Okay. And then in 2008, it says that the percentage of overweight people... Is I've got a couple of lines here, uh, about 32 percent. Okay, in 2008, yeah. Now, if the low fat diet worked, that wouldn't have happened. But this is the problem with the research, there's lots of other factors that contribute to that, 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 uh, that are going to play into that such as our lifestyle changes our sedentary lifestyle changes will also feed i've it. just found another graph which is better yeah. i might actually just post this. yeah in i think the if we group, we'll post these in the facebook group yeah. on the uh, back and shake facebook group but this just illustrates you know 
people think they know what's going on. The scientists think they know think they know what's going on, but it's correlatory research. You make some of these changes, and maybe there's some political things in the background as well, and some interest in from a, especially in the U.S. with their lobbying system. And then all of a sudden you have 32%. Well, that sounds like it didn't work on the work on the face of it. Obviously, we need to look more at the numbers. But little things like that are why you guys can get so confused. And even as you're looking through the research, you can get confused. Which brings me back to the last point, which I'll take one more time before we close up, unless we've got any other questions. Know your own body. Understand your own body. If it's possible for you to do this, then take measurements by way of blood tests if you're serious about changing these things. And if you've had any warnings from your doctors in the past about things getting a little bit out of kilt, get those blood test numbers and make a change. Monitor the effectiveness of that change with data for you. And that is the best way that we can really get sort of back in shape in every sense of the word. So. Any other questions? No, I think that's everything for today. Thank you so much. Everybody. Awesome. Well, we went a bit, a bit around the houses on those topics there today. So hopefully you guys found it helpful. If you're new to the channel, that was a bit of a, a whirlwind one. Uh, but do please consider subscribing if you find these videos uh, helpful. We are trying to do once a week one of the topics on something a little bit different, related that's, that's maybe partially related but not wholly related to back pain. Um, but as always, we do those Q and A's at the end of every single live stream just to help you guys better and give you guys that guidance, whether it's back pain or on the topic we've discussed whichever that is um oh i also wanted to discuss one last thing we are considering we've got a few of these um really cool things in the in the clinic we're considering of running running a few giveaways um over the next month or so we will have news on that yes, uh coming up that. uh really excited just uh, there's three things that we've got uh that we were considering doing a giveaway with so hopefully some of you guys will, will, will benefit from, well some of you will, three, three of you will benefit from that. But we'll, we'll, we'll announce those things uh, a little bit later on over the next week or so. So have a great day. Have a great weekend. And we will see you guys on Monday again with another live stream.